Hello, you beautiful nerds. After chatting with our buddies at Nine Nerd Yards week to week, something happened. This series took a hold of my brain. A lot of people have been talking about it, and most of the reasons have not been good. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's talk about what we're talking about. So get comfy, have a drink, and make sure your parents aren't in the room, because it's about to get weird as we talk about... But first, a prelude. In the year of our Lord 2021, Canadian recording artist The Weeknd announced that he would be developing a TV series for HBO with Euphoria Sam Levinson as producer and The Girlfriend Experience's showrunner Amy Seamitz serving as the show's director and executive producer. Very deep into production, Amy Seamitz left the show and Levinson picked up directing responsibilities. Reportedly scrapping the nearly finished $54 to $75 million project to rewrite and reshoot the entire thing. In March 2023, Rolling Stone published an article where they conducted interviews with 13 members of the show's cast and crew, and let me tell you, they did not have good things to say. A lot of people working on the show felt that Levinson taking over directing in the absence of Seamitz only weakened the show's message by dialing up the sexual content and disturbing imagery. One production member was quoted saying, What I signed up for was a dark satire of fame and the fame model in the 21st century. But it went from satire to the thing it was satirizing. After reading the scathing piece, Levinson reportedly told his wife, I think we're going to have the biggest show of the summer. <laughs> Isn't that cute? But it's wrong! Oh, oh dear. Oh, the hubris. I genuinely think that there is a lot of interesting stuff being tackled in this show. But unfortunately, it was being handled by, apparently, the two horniest dudes in America. Unfortunately, there have been way too many real-life stories about women who have been abused and taken advantage of in the entertainment industry. This could have been an opportunity to talk about those injustices in a way that really hadn't been done before in the guise of a sexy crime thriller. This could have been a Star is Born meets Basic Instinct in a way done hitherto undreamt of. Did you seriously just say hitherto undreamt of? But every time the show would venture in that direction, the show would literally stop to interject what I can only describe as an upsetting sexual action sequence. I've never found sex less sexy in all my days. The dialogue in this show feels like it was written by a 12-year-old who recently discovered porn. It's very childish and at times sounds like people are just making up shit as they're going along. Especially knowing how tumultuous this set was, I would not be surprised if there was a lot of improv in the more heated scenes when people are arguing or in conflict. Which is probably also why Eli Roth's dialogue is the only thing that is believable about this show. What the fuck is this? This is weird even by music business standards. It's like him and Mike Dean just start talking about how fucking weird this show is and they happen to catch it on camera and edit it in the episode. And it's like, oh, these are these are characters now. Divine Joy Randolph was pretty good. Her and Hank Azaria's characters were two of the best characters on the show. You could tell out of everyone in their crew that these two actually care about what happens to Jocelyn. And the list of people who actually care about Jocelyn and would actually advocate on her behalf is a short one. So you get how much they actually mean to her and how much they must have meant to her for over the past few years. I mean, they both have some truly goofy-ass lines, but they make them work for the most part. Let's call a spade a motherfucking spade. You are and were a pimp. Ha! Got him! Jane Addams was also awesome. There is definitely a theory that her character is the same agent from that episode of Atlanta and that Tedros is Alonzo. But this is all conjecture. 
conjecture that I'm all the way here for. Rachel Sennett was awesome, but her character was fucking annoying. Not in the way that you think. Everyone just treated her so badly that I was like, girl, why are you still here? You live in Los Angeles. There are so many places you can work where someone won't tell you to shut the fuck up to your face. Lionsgate is hiring PAs right now. I, I just checked. As soon as Tedros showed up and slapped old dude in the face, I would have been the living embodiment of a SpongeBob meme. Well, about time for me to be hitting the old dusty trail. I never heard of Susanna Sun before, but I'm sure the casting director for this show felt like they struck gold when they found her. Can you imagine putting on a call sheet? Needs a young woman who is classically trained in the piano, can sing brilliantly, is willing to be naked half the time, and oh yeah, you gotta, you actually have to be able to act. And this monster of talent walks through the door? She was awesome. I wish that her character did more. Like when the psycho thriller aspect of the show started to go away and it was clear that Chloe wasn't gonna murder Jocelyn or some such shit, she became a lot less interesting. She was far and away my MVP of the show and I still got that damn family song You're stuck really in my MVP. head. Of all the failings of this show, and there are many, the acting isn't really one of them. The weekend is ridiculous half the time, but even he isn't unwatchable when the scene is written decent enough. Casting someone other than him would have made the show infinitely better though. He's definitely not the worst musician turned actor in the world, but there is an air of arrogance in his involvement in the project. Not only did the man decide that no one on earth could play this role but him, and to that I say, get the fuck up out of here with that. But there are also numerous needle drops of songs by The Weeknd throughout this whole show, to which I also say, Get all the way to fuck up out of here with that. But let's talk about the elephant-sized rat tail in the room. Let's talk about the character of Tedros and what he's supposed to represent. When we meet Tedros, it's clear to the audience that there is a sinister darkness to him. We see him casually lying. We see him torture Isaac in the form of some demented stage performance coaching. And overall, we see him become an unpredictably toxic presence in Jocelyn's life. And I have to admit, I kind of like this part of the show. The idea of what a cult leader slash pimp would do if they were an executive producer on a pop star's album and was given carte blanche got him. sounded twisted and cool does that make me sick yeah i think yeah that probably makes me sick it made me think of this moment from dave Chappelle's stand-up special where he compares his time with comedy central to how a pimp named iceberg slim used to treat prostitutes in the 1960s diving into the themes of that and showing the one-to-one -one comparison on screen i thought was a compelling idea but at some point the show begins to shift and shows tedros in a more sympathetic light in the last couple of episodes jocelyn realizes what's going on and it's almost as if the show wants you to feel bad for tedros I think it would have worked so much better if he's this maniacal force that is physically and psychologically intimidating throughout. But then it makes this sympathetic shift where he turns into this pathetic, whiny mess toward the end and it cheapens the manipulation of Jocelyn's character. Like if he's so transparent and pathetic, why did you fall for him so hard? And why is he still here? Like why haven't you kicked him out yet? You have armed guards. And actually we gotta talk about the idol herself, Jocelyn. I like Lily Rose. Death. I mean, I've seen fucking 
yoga hosers. And she actually did a really good job in this role. There were a lot of moments where I was genuinely impressed by how she's grown as an actor. She was almost my MVP of the series, but y'all know I can't just be throwing that around. As good as she was in this role, her character was kind of booty. Actually, it's, it's, it's mostly booty, like literal booty. I don't think there's one scene in the entire show where we don't get a gratuitous shot of her butt. But the needs and wants of her character were very poorly executed and it kind of bugged the ever living out of me. At one point in the series, Jocelyn and Isaac have this really interesting conversation about the power of music and trauma's place in it. Can you create good art if you're a well assimilated member of society or is great art wrought from trauma? I've heard this point brought up in several different ways and a lot of different conversations about entertainment. There's people actually on the Writers Guild picket line who have have signs that say AI doesn't have childhood trauma and they brought it up in a pretty thoughtful way in this show as well until the question of do you need trauma is answered with yes trauma is good and you should thank your abuser for the privilege of scarring you for life and that is where this show starts to get patently disgusting. In a promo for the show, Sam Levinson went so far as to say Tedros has actually become the victim by the end of the show. And Sam, I hate to use your own words against you, but... Bitch, you better be joking. Again, I've heard this conversation of whether trauma is anathema to good art before. Best executed in this episode of Atlanta, in my opinion. So you saying your dad needs uh, to beat you so you'd be good at piano? To be good at life. Are you not mad at your dad? Of course not. My father used to say, great things come from great pain. Philosophically and ethically, this is an interesting argument to posit. But then later the show takes this further when it's revealed that Jocelyn's late mom was physically and emotionally abusive to Jocelyn her whole life. Tedros then asks Jocelyn if she misses the abuse as a form of motivation and Jocelyn reluctantly says yes. Now I wasn't completely opposed to this choice. I actually liked it because it spoke to the manipulative nature of Tedros' character. But this was the last moment I liked anything about the show because what followed was nutty nuts. I'm not even gonna get into the next scene because it was disgusting, but cut to the end of the show after Jocelyn has figured out that Tedros has been playing her the whole time and kicks him out of the house and off the tour. Six weeks later, she invites him back and professes her love for him publicly. And now Jocelyn is the one controlling Tedros. Oh, and apparently she's been manipulating him the whole time? Like, what? It's, it's dumb, it's, it doesn't make any sense, it's dumb. But the grossest part of the ending is that the show is agreeing with Tedros. Jocelyn is saying, I know that you tricked me and I know that you manipulated me and physically hurt me, but you helped me make some dope music so we're cool? I say one more time, Get the fuck all the way up out of here with that shit. Beyond it being a baffling plot decision that makes no narrative sense, it straight up glorifies self-harm, sympathizes with abusers, and makes trauma seem like a drug to be chased. And this was incredibly disappointing because early in the series, it felt like the show was headed in a very different direction. Sometimes. I mean, it was it was still very gross and horny from the job. But the straight up nonsensical nature of the last few episodes makes sense considering the reports that the weekend thought that the show was centered too much around the female's perspective and wanted 
it to focus back on Tedros. Which brings me back to Levinson's victim comment. Even with the preposterous way that they tried to slap this story together at the end, there is no way in blue burning hell that Tedros is a victim in this story. He is a cult leading pimp. And anytime the show tried to make him more than that is when it really failed because the show ain't about him. Or at least it's not supposed to be. I can see why so many people are wanting to see the original version of this series. Though I don't think that that's ever gonna happen. I think they threw that hard drive in the same landfill that they threw Batgirl in. But it does seem like that there was a more dynamic story that could have been told here. One that would have been thought provoking, sexy, sinister, and fun. But what we got instead was an extended pornographic music video featuring some pretty good acting between scenes that will somehow make your whole room smell weird when you watch it. I bet when she gets up here, she smells like fucked buttholes. I believe that's what the children call truffle butter. My ranking, I hated it. Okay, that's it for this review. Don't forget to like and subscribe and check us out on the Nine Nerd Yards channel if you want to hear our take on every episode of The Idol or if you want to see how we feel about the new Disney Plus series, Secret Invasion. Keep an eye out for drunk reviews of Barbie, the new Ninja Turtles movie, and the new season of the Apple TV Plus sci-fi odyssey series, foundation and last plug i promise don't forget to watch does it hold up which comes out every other monday at 4 20 a.m but until next time stay safe my little angels and may the force be with you